Welcome to Noob Heavy Radio, episode two, the melodramatic episode. I'm Carcass Bomb from NoobHeavy.com, and you might have seen me over at ToolLotOfHell.com. Well, you probably don't know me at all, which is more likely. This episode is a little different, and it always will be, I think, with each episode. I'm joined by a co-host this time. She's known as the unfrozen cavewoman of metal, blues musician, and the woman behind the traditional heavy metal project, White Crone. Welcome, Lisa. Well, hey, thank you so much for having me on. No worries. It. So you could do it. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about music? Oh, hell yeah. And this is some good music you've got on today. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with this lineup. We're going to be listening to phone calls and music from Eternal Storm, Catatonia, Harbinger of Storms, and Religious Observance. Now, that Catatonia one is really good. That's a fan Q&A, so that's questions sourced from social media fans got their questions answered. Very cool. Great new record. So the premise of the show is that we always have a feature. It's like a really big artist like Catatonia or Black Dahlia Murder. Uh, the next episode's the number 12 looks like you. And we have extra guests as well that call in. Uh, often to promote albums, often they're friends of mine or Australian bands. And it'll always be like a 10-minute phone call followed by a song that I play of theirs. And then I have my own segments going into the next call. And that's basically the setup. You'll never have more than 10 minutes to listen to at once. You know, it's good to have a short attention span. You'll mm. always be switching up, listening to different things, getting different perspectives. It's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely. I concur wholeheartedly. <laughs> and having Lisa in this time, rather than doing it myself, we've got you know the extra musician perspective. So you'll be interested in a lot of the uh, music recording and writing process involved in these conversations that I have with these musicians. Oh, definitely. You know, like you said, I am the unfrozen cavewoman of metal. I've been a blues musician uh, since around... 19, <clears throat> I'm probably a little older than you are, but uh, yeah, so there's a lot of metal from the 90s and beyond that I missed, that I'm rediscovering now that I've created this project, White Crone, and uh, boy, the bands that you've got on today are just incredible, and uh, I look forward to hearing them and talking about their music. Yeah, and White Crone, you... um do like all the instruments on that and like the recording and stuff you're heavily involved in every aspect of that project aren't you oh yeah i did all the pre-production at home and i even played electronic drums badly to show the drummer drummers uh what i intended to have recorded on the final project and then just uh pieced it together in the studio i played most of the guitars and did all the bass and the vocals and uh i know we've got one of our guests who's kind of the the one one man band today and so you know i i'm always interested in you know how do you create this work of music that people just dial up you know in a second on spotify or or band camp it's like there's a lot of work that goes into that music and uh it's pretty fascinating actually yeah definitely even the presentation side of things uh how bring of storms that solo project you're talking about uh, even does his own artwork for his albums Wow, I was going to yeah. ask about that. It's incredible. Beautiful. Yeah, a lot of I'm very jealous. creative people in the uh, metal scene. <laughs> no, I'm jealous. 
I'm going to have to learn to paint. Yeah, it's always crazy when one person can just do so much and put out quality music. Like, you got to respect it. Definitely, and I know how much hard work goes into it, how much thought goes into it, especially with the bands we're listening to today. Very thoughtful, good arrangers, and uh, yeah, you couldn't have had me on on a better show, man. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely all very, um, it's all very serious music for the most part. But what you discover when talking with these people is that they're not so serious as people. So it's this good duality that's happening where you, we're talking to them and it's kind of amusing and you know, lighthearted. And then we listen to their music that's like very dark and brooding, you know? Yeah. Multifaceted. Yeah, especially um, Jonas from Catatonia. I was really nervous going into that one. And uh, I thought he was going to be like, you know, this really super serious Swedish guy. <laughs> and um, out of all the uh, big interviews I've done, he probably laughed the most. Like that was, he had a great sense of humor. Well, maybe all this dark music is cathartic. Yeah, exactly. First calls with Daniel from Eternal Storm, a melodic death metal band based in Spain. They came out. They put out "Come the Tide" last year through Transcending Obscurity Records, and it was in my albums of 2019 top 20 for sure. I think it was even in the top 10. Really solid album. I've listened to it like a million times by now on Spotify. We talked about Transcending Obscurity Records member changes. They had a lot of lineup changes. They lost the uh, well. They didn't lose them. They he just left the band. He didn't die or anything. The front man who did uh, vocals and bass. So we talked about the difficulties of replacing a member that's so crucial to the band. And they talked about uh, delaying the new material due to that and because of the coronavirus. And Daniel also talked a lot about just being inadequate at his instrument. They said that the new guy that they got in is like better than him at guitar, so he's going to move to bass apparently. So sort of discussed that in a lighthearted way. Do you ever yeah. have... Do you ever have, like, uh, frustrating moments with your instruments? Well, oh, absolutely. I've been a bass player since I was a child, basically. So, you know, I started, I, I bought my first bass when I was 12 years old, you know. So, uh, but guitar is a totally different animal. And the strings are really tiny. And even though my, my fingers are small, I just feel like I have these big, fat fingers on these tiny strings. So I really struggled with guitar parts. And uh, basically, I just saw, looked at some YouTube tutorials and, and I learned a bunch of uh, like Glenn Tipton parts and licks and some Iron Maiden licks and, and just went from there and just try to translate what, I'm, what I was hearing in my head. And uh, yeah, so bass is like, you know, this is, there's the joke sometimes that, that a bass player is just a frustrated guitar player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In some ways, it is definitely easier. Yeah, I had um, a little go. I'm very interested in bass um, as a guitarist myself just because it feels like it's more fun than the guitar. Hmm. That makes sense I don't to know. me. You know, it's easy to 
start, it's difficult to master. You have to think about the song from a different angle because you, you play on the beat and you play on one where the guitar player can wait around and throw a cool chord in and doesn't yeah. always happen. It just depends on the, the music, you know, depends you on the hot, music. You got to have hot hands, eh? Well, yeah, you got, yeah, it's just a different kind of thing. It's just a different movement of the hand. And so whatever you're used to, you know, I'm even seeing, you know, musicians who used to play drums and then they become, you know, a a guitar player, keyboard player. It's like, that's really different. So it's just, but the muscles are just, they feel different. So Mm. I'm always impressed when people can move around on different instruments and it seems like a lot of the bands today, that's what they do. People are moving around from one instrument to another. And I'll tell you, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable playing guitar on stage. I can do it in the studio if I have time and I can edit it but yeah. on stage. So I really I really am impressed when somebody takes up another instrument and, yeah. and performs with it. That's yeah, really impressive. Yeah. I'm totally impressive. I have quite a frustrated relationship with guitar myself. Like I've been playing for about 16 years now since I was like a teenager, but um, like I've never, I've always only been able to get a guitar that's within like a low budget range. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how much I like sort of practice and like played and put into it, I, I was never able, I've never been able to really achieve the sound quality that I want, even though mm. I can play the music. And that's a really frustrating part of, uh, of instruments for me. All right, well, let's listen to this call from Eternal Storm. Boom. I'm here with Daniel from Eternal Storm. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Hello, pleasure to be here. Uh, you're a melodic death metal band from Spain mm-hmm. on the Transcending Obscurity record label. Yeah, A lot of people are familiar with you from your album Come the Tide that came out last year, which a lot of people really dug. How have you been? How have you found the reception of the album so far since it came out in August? Well, it, honestly, it, I think it's been beyond all our expectations. I mean, after all, we write music just for us, you know, but it's really rewarding to see, like, you know, we... We were chosen as album of the month in Angry Metal Guy, in Heavy Block is Heavy. Uh, we got a lot of great reviews for a lot of web scenes and sites that we love a lot, such as No Clean Singing, Decibel Magazine, Invisible Origins. So it was amazing. And we, we've seen a lot of people that actually they really, really like their music. Like, for instance, like I seen Sojourner. And they're mm. like, they're like, hey, we love your stuff. So it's amazing because especially we are a super small band. We haven't played live that much. So it's like a whole surprise for us. And we're really grateful for that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you definitely got uh, got in all the uh, big mags that everyone wants to get in for the underground scene. So that was that's <laughs> always helps. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you're the guitarist and you play bass. Well... So, hang on, you had a bit of a lineup change recently that put you in the role of bass for a little bit, and then you got a new member at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go over that process from um, the beginning where the, vo- the, the with the departure of the vocalist and bass? Yeah, 
Definitely. Uh, well, the thing is that um, our longtime bassist and vocalist, Carrion, uh, he was, we were like in different terms. He just wanted to focus more on like his, you know, he has like kind of like a, a sports degree. He's like super into weightlifting and he's working in a gym and stuff like that. And he was kind of losing the motivation for music. So there was a point and we had to talk with him and we both show our different views. And it was all cool because we are super good friends. We are great. I mean, we've been playing together for pretty much 10 years. So there's no bad blood, no drama or anything like that. So the, so first he couldn't do the European tour with it in last October. So I contacted a friend of mine, Daniel as well. <laughs> we, we're a band of Daniels. You actually carry on his name is Daniel as well. So it's like a <laughs> <laughs> small thing. And I knew him for because he played in all the bands. We played together, and it's like, hey guy, we have this problem. Our singer can't make it to the tour. Can you join us here? I mean, it's it's a temporary thing for now. But you know, like before the tour, Kerion told us, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm kind of like making things go go things go slower for you guys. So maybe it's good if we part ways and then we got such a good chemistry with Daniel on the road and and of course we met him we, we know him already so that was a plus definitely so he, we asked him hey if you want to join us one full-time member and he was actually he was living in Ireland at the time like he moved back to Spain and then like uh, yeah, in October right before the tour he joined us full-time and we've been working with him pretty much immediately on the new record and he's great and the thing is that now uh we're seeing about how on studio both jaime who who is the main writer and the guitarist uh danny and me we're both the, all three of us are gonna play guitar and bass and then live we're gonna see how it goes probably i'm gonna stick to bass because actually danny is way <laughs> a better player than i am so mm -hmm. we'll see so um, does the new Daniel, is he doing vocals and bass or is he just doing bass? What's the what's his situation in the band? So, so far, uh, the shows we have played with him, uh, he's doing bass and vocals. But the plan is probably to do guitars and vocals live and we'll see how it goes from there because he's an excellent guitarist. He's much, much better than I am, so probably <laughs> I'll, I'll swap to bass, which I like and I play bass in all the bands, so I'm cool with it. It's just for, you know, like, the, for getting the best version of the band to life. Yeah, I noticed that on uh, Metal Archives that you've been in a few bands yourself. Uh, what are some of these bands you've been in and their genres? Uh, well, like, the other main project I have is a band called Liquid Graveyard. Um, it's a death metal band of shorts. Um, the guitarist is John from a pretty classic death metal from the UK called Cancer. They had James Murphy from Death and Victory, for instance. And the drummer is Nicholas Barker, who probably all of you know from Timo Borgir, Cradle Fields, Brujeria, Lock Up, oh, yeah. Old Man Child. He doesn't play like that often with us because he's a busy guy, you can imagine. And yeah. to be honest, we just do like a handful of festivals every year. It's not like a very serious band. It's just like, a, you know, we're some friends. We do a couple of festivals. We have a good time. And we record music from... Time time actually haven't been on any record yet, even though I've been in the band for five years. So you, it, it, things go slowly. And then I have like a, I play in a grindcore band as well. But we've been around for only for a while. Oh, nice! Love me some grindcore. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so that's a big um, difference between Eternal Storm and grindcore. There's a huge leap 
between genres yeah. right there. Like a complete. It's part of the fun, you know. It's doing different stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, going back to the whole member swap thing quickly, uh, you don't often hear about bands replacing a vocalist very easily. Yeah. Because that's like a very um, out of all the instruments, it's kind of hard to replicate someone's voice. So what's the what was the kind of when you first got someone in to replace vocals? Was it very different? How how was that feeling in the band? Like, was it very difficult, or did we? happy with the result of different vocalists singing the same material i'm really i think all of us are like super excited i mean carrion was a great growler i love his you know that grows and he's a very powerful scream i think like his vocal work on the come the tide is and we're super happy with it but the thing with danny with the new daniel he's he can do everything i mean from super low growls to kind of this gojira Beach sinking, like also Devin Townsend does, and he's also a great clean vocalist. Nice. So, so he can do anything. Um, a lot of people have been wondering when the new album is out, despite the fact you just put out "Come the Tide," which was a decade-long effort. <laughs> In our previous interview, you mentioned it being almost complete. Is this still the case, and is it still slotted for 2020, or has COVID really screwed that up? Well, it's going to come out in 2021, finally, because we've, because of the lineup change and anything, we, we were like, hey, okay, we've just released the album, even though it's been recorded for two years, because actually we started recording Come the Tide in 2017, and it took a while to get a label, to get the mix done, and to work into the labels, release schedule and all that stuff. So it's like, hey. We can wait for six months or whatever, and we can work with Danny properly and really make sure that the material gets like the best of us. So we we plan to start recording drums uh, in next fall. Probably everything should be recorded by the end of the year, and then it depends on the labels schedule, but the plan is to release it like maybe mid-2021, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Awesome, man. But yeah, 2021, that's good. Um, I, fans will be more than willing to wait for that, considering Come the Tide is still fresh. It hasn't even been a year yet. Uh-huh. Uh, you're on the Transcending Obscurity roster, one of my favorite labels. How has mm-hmm. that experience been for you? It's been good. I mean, I've known Kunal for many, many years, actually, when still he was doing ma- mainly promo and stuff. And I had a few bands that I knew and I was friends with, like the Profundis or uh, Drag Hunky on, on the label. And I was like, hey, you guys are happy with him? And they, they sent really good feedback. So I wasn't getting like very good feedback from all the labels with the North Storm. Like we were like asking to pay for a lot of money and with no guarantees, you know, like the usual yeah. kind of like rip-off thing. Um, as we hadn't played many tours and that, it was really hard for us. And I was like starting to lose hope. And I was like, okay, I'm going to send it to Kunal, even though he usually released like heavier stuff and like more old school stuff. And then he loved it. We had to wait for a long time. I mean, we signed with him in March 2028. And it came out last August because, you know, he had a busy schedule and the label is growing really, really quickly. And it's pretty much a one-man army. So he's a bit overwhelmed by it. 
he's really doing his he's trying his best yeah i've had a lot of great experiences with canal and everyone i've talked to on the label has nothing but great things to say to him about him um they do have a lot of drug honky was one that you mentioned they have a lot of australian bands as well yeah there's a good variety on there it's a good good roster to be on i think eternal storm fits really nicely i don't think you're too soft for that label at all yeah the thing is that you know we we're very melodic, but we doesn't we don't forget about extremity like all the bands. It, it's that metal still. It's black metal. It's we have blast beats, heavy riffs. We try to make it a bit crushing. It's, it's yeah. all about contrast, as I have said before. And I really think that a lot of people wouldn't have checked us out if it wasn't for the label, because they have like a very um, devoted fan base. And they yeah. check out everything on the label releases, and maybe if someone reads, okay, melodic death metal, I'm not gonna listen to it. And it's like it's on transcendent obscurity. Let's check it out. Oh, it's good. Yeah, exactly. There's like a minimum standard of quality of transcending that I've noticed myself. Uh, yeah, I review, like I'm one of those people. I review most of their stuff. I premiere some of their stuff on other mm-hmm. websites. I'm pretty obsessed with the label myself. Yeah. Um. So you got no problems just continuing with that label then. Oh. For future releases, by the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean, actually, we're gonna re- we have we signed a two record deal with him, so we're gonna definitely put the next record with him. Awesome, well, I'm glad to hear it. You'd say that your next the next album is gonna be more conceptual. Yeah. Could you shed any light on what that concept may be? Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of like a whole song divided in parts. Maybe I don't know. The, we can compare with My Arms Your Hairs from Opus or the different sections from Crimson uh, 2 from Age of Sanity. Uh, yeah, like, Crimson, like a- yeah, yeah, I was going to say Crimson by Age of Sanity. That's a really, that comes to mind straight away when I think of, uh, there's a lot of, is Age of Sanity a big inspiration for you? Because I yeah, do hear a lot of that sound, yeah. It's a good it's sound. It's one of my favorite bands. Yeah, Crimson, I've been listening to it for like a decade. That's like a... 40-something minute long song, and I just never get sick of hearing it. It's amazing. But I love pretty much everything that Dan Swano does. Yeah. Um, it's of Sanity were amazing. Uh, still, they're, I think they're still like kind of an underrated band, even though a lot of people know Crimson, but all the records like The Spectre of Sorrows, Purgatory Afterglow, Unorthodox, or Infernal, even, which is my favorite one. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and not a lot of people like that one, but he's amazing. He has like a very huge sense of identity great melodics uh, riffs and everything he's amazing and you mentioned uh previously sentence too which is a band i don't see mentioned very often but i love them in the early 2000s the that very um gothic metal vibe uh, yes they're like kind of like forgotten uh, maybe yeah. because you know they split up like more than 10 years ago then mika passed away but i'm surprised that people kind of forgot about them, but they were amazing because even, I mean, the first death metal albums were really, really good as well. And then when they became like more melodic, more like gothic, they're amazing. So many good melodies, the vocals are really good as well. Actually, we used to play one of their songs live like we, many years ago and we even recorded it and we planned to record it like properly one of these days. Nice. Yeah, yeah I really enjoy it. Because uh, I was a teenager during that, whole era of like gothic metal in the early mm. 2000s where you had like paradise lost you had yeah. like draconian um like just there were so many bands around that time that had that 
sort of Swedish sort of melodic sound happening. Which uh, era of Catatonia are you most keen on? It's difficult to pick one. I mean, I honestly, I love all the records. It's I'm still not sure what to think about the new one and also about Dead End Kings. Uh, but for I really love The Fall of Hearts, actually. I think it's an ex- splendid record. And the production is really mind-blowing. But maybe my favorite Catatonia record is, is Last Fair Deal Gone Down. Yes, that's mine too. Oh, Absolutely. that's great. Yeah, I, I, I love really that think album. that, you know, the new drummer really changed everything. When Daniel joined them, it's like holy level. I love all the records, as I say, and sometimes I'm like a really in a very discouraged one's face. Then Break Mother Day. I really love the EP, Sounds of Decay. But, you know, last year didn't go down. It's possession, you know, with that intro, the drum feel. Mm. It's just, I get goosebumps every time I hear it. Like, I can just hear them playing in my head now. Like, I Transpire, Tear Gas, We Must Bury yeah. You. Like, that album was, like, so active and so, like, felt, like, so just full of passion, I guess. Like, it was, yeah. like, they reinvented themselves yet another time. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Like, do you have any kind of... Are you doing anything during lockdown, like streaming of any kind? Or do you have any projects? Just the ordinary, you know. I'm playing guitar, playing video games. Oh, video writing. games. Yeah. I'm a bit of a gamer myself. What do you play? Um, I've been playing uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, nice. Um, I'm really like into Resident Evil, Silent Hill, you know, uh, survival horror stuff. Yeah, a real PlayStation fanboy. Yeah, pretty much. Sometimes yeah. also PC as well, but usually yeah. PlayStation guy. All right, man. Well, you have a good day or night, wherever it is over there for okay. you. Actually, it's 3 p.m. in here. Take care.
before we move on to Catatonia, I just want to put in a couple of plugs. I've started a Noob Heavy Radio Patreon, because that's what metal podcasts do. And I've got some pretty cool tiers on there for anyone that wants to get involved with the community in more depth. Uh, I'll go through those tiers for you right now. For $3 per month, you get access to any content that's like strictly for Patreon people. So it's bonus episodes of the podcast that feature some calls that weren't able to be included in the main podcast, as well as outtakes or um, extended versions of some calls. A lot of these, uh, the emphasis is on like the humor and like the funny shit. It's kind of like cutting it down to the gag reel of the funniest moments that weren't in the main podcast, as well as also promoting a band at the front of it. Um, and there'll be other content available for patrons as well. Um, for $5 a month, and this is a limited to 100 people, Noob Heavy Bandcamp Code Club. This will give you a spot on my Bandcamp Code mailing list. I get a lot of codes from bands to promote them and post them to social media. Well, now they're going to be emailed directly to patrons. This will be a steady flow with each email having multiple releases to try. So you never know what will show up, and you'll never miss out on any of the social media promotions and they'll even be exclusive ones that won't be posted to social media and for ten dollars per month you can get a podcast shout out this is where you can send in a tweet uh send in a voice message or something for me to read and it can be anything and i'll read it on the podcast and that's patreon.com slash noob heavy i think those are great ideas especially you know for fans of of a certain band that you interviewed, if they uh, burped or farted or something, you know, it might be kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> or if they told a really bad drummer joke, you know, you don't want them to miss out on yeah. those human moments. In preparation for the Catatonia interview with Jonas, I actually asked on Twitter if somebody could call me and pretend they're Catatonia so I could do a mock interview with them. So that wouldn't be, mm-hmm. so I'd be more prepared when I talk to Jonas. And um, I recorded that. And it's quite amusing because um, the guy from Twitter, you know, pretends to be the band and tries to answer my questions. So you hear the same interview, but a different person having to answer those questions that, and they're not really prepared for it. And then after that, I talked to them just personally for a bit. And it's revealed that they do exactly what I do, like interviewing bands and like putting up stuff on websites and stuff like that. And I was just ignorant of that, even though I've been friends with them for a while, apparently. So, yeah, there's going to be some interesting content there for the patrons, that's for sure. So, yeah, get on that (laughs) one. And uh, obviously, go check out White Crone, which is Lisa's project, uh, metal project. Uh, The Poisoner, the debut LP, is an amazing album, and it's received a lot of good reviews. What a positive review. Yeah. It's been it's been overwhelming and and really I feel really honored uh, to get some of these reviews from all around the world. Uh, you know I work as Lisa Mann, the blues artist, and I have for a very long time. But my first love was heavy metal, you know, and I'm the unfrozen cave woman of metal. Mm-hmm. I was in the mosh pits in the '80s. I saw you know Exodus with Paul Bailoff and. And I saw Cliff Burton with Metallica and 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 Ronnie Dio when when Holy Diver came out and all that stuff, you know. So that was it's just been in my bones. 
and it needed to come out. And so I came up with this project, White Crone, C-R-O-N-E, because I'm pale and I'm old. So, Mm. you know, put those two together, made the perfect name and uh, just started writing and pre uh, doing pre-production, recording at home and said, let's do it. Let's get it in the studio. And and, a lot of hard work. And I'm I'm really proud of it. Got uh, Larry London to play the drums. He's a drum instructor. He's fantastic. And Vinnie Appice played on a track. And uh, former Glacier guitar player Mady Farjemi played a couple of solos on there to fill things out. And yeah, I'm really proud of it. So thanks for letting me uh, spout off about it a little bit. It's on Bandcamp. You know, it's like whitecrone.bandcamp.com. And, uh, you know, shipping it all over the world. It's got, got a couple of European dis- distributors, too. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. Yeah, in some, uh, in some record stores in America, it outsold Aussie's new album. It actually did. Yeah, there's a, my, my uh, uh, hometown record store, is, uh, it's been around for a long time, Music Millennium, and they ship around the world. They ship... Uh, uh, music right now they're still open uh just online anyway and uh yeah two weeks in a row the aussie album opened and i uh i outsold them two weeks in a row <laughs> hell yeah that's awesome yeah sorry aussie love you buddy but yeah. <laughs> well, that's fantastic yeah. well uh, let's get into this catatonia call in the first episode where I was talking to Trevor from the Black Dahlia Motor, there was a lot more interview audio with Trevor. I had about 20 minutes, which was an interview between me and him and then a fan Q&A. Mm-hmm. This time it's just the fan Q&A because uh, like on this one, I was particularly nervous and the audio for the first half was not very good. Um, like I was very nervous and like taking like panic breaths and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then um, by the second half of it, when I was just reading off other people's questions, I was a bit more, I had my shit together a bit more. So that's the only audio we'll be hearing from Catatonia, but it is everyone, uh, all the fan questions getting answered. So that's pretty exciting for anyone that asks a question. We talked about the writing process, lyric concepts, stuff like that on the written interview, which can be found online on noobheavy.com. Just go to the interviews in the menu. Some of the fan questions cover like the changes of the band experience going between genres and like asking if the, if Jonas is going to be doing projects with certain people like solo projects or with Bruce Sword. And someone asked about a live stream. Well, since someone asked them about the live stream, what they said was um, like they're thinking about it sort of thing. But since that interview, they've actually confirmed and have a date set for a live stream concert. And that's happening in like a week, in like early May. Oh, that's epic. He's a very uh, talented lyric writer, Jonas. And his themes are very interesting because he covers, like it's doom and prog sort of music that typically draws from inspirations that are very like mystical or tribal or mythological in some way. And catatonia is more based in modern living living in a city and like modern issues 
So it's like mm. a bit different in that regard. So his lyrics are very much about, you know, his surroundings and the modern melody. All right. Well, here's the fan Q&A of Jonas. Yeah. Have you ever heard the band um, Virgin Black? I know the name. I, I'm yeah. not sure that I've ever heard them, but yeah. Uh, they're like, They've been around for a long time, right? Yeah, a very long time. Yeah. They're yeah. like, when I think of Australian doing that's pretty much what I come to. Thinking of that one. Yeah. All right, well, are you ready for these questions from the fans? They're very excited. Yeah, cool. Sure. All right. Here's a couple just from one of my writers, Mars, who lives in Iran. And he's a huge fan of Catatonia. That's at Hard Album Review on Instagram is his handle. He says, Hello, Jonas. Along with Opeth and Anathema, you're one of my most popular bands in Iran. Did you know that? Sorry, one of the most popular bands in Iran. Did you know that? Would you ever like to hold a concert here, or at least somewhere in the Middle East, when shows come back? Uh, I didn't know that, uh, but I, I have met um, um, quite a few people from Iran that's come to uh, uh, other places because we've never played in Iran. Uh, but I met people in, in Turkey, uh, in uh, uh, Lebanon, stuff like that. So, you know, I would love to play Iran. I'm not sure it's it's uh, uh, the safest place to go for a, a Swedish metal band, but, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're a bit. Uh, I, I would love to play anywhere in the world, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think they're a bit strict on uh, metal performances and such. I think I... so. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe uh, people, uh, you know, could go uh, abroad to see us. That's maybe the easiest way. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, quite a few fans asked me this one as well. From death doom to gothic to progressive to alternative, what does this constant change mean? Is it what you feel, or are there other factors that change the mood? I don't know. It's it's hard to say because what what you know this this whole uh, I wouldn't call it a change really because it's so ongoing and it's been going for the band's been almost going for thirty years now and you know we always just try to uh, entertain ourselves by doing stuff that we get excited from doing and and sometimes it goes in one direction and sometimes it's, it's another direction and it's uh, you know as long as it sounds like catatonia which i think it does still um i'm, I'm totally for it because it's uh it's keeping us you know on our toes a little bit uh treading some unknown waters is is um, you know i think it's very good for for the yeah. creativity so we're just gonna keep doing that i guess you know i don't want to be too stuck in a formula even though we have a sound that we're very comfortable with. Uh, but it's good to take some excursions every now and then just to keep yourself yeah. on the edge, you know. Like you said, it was a, it's a very natural writing process. Yeah. Yeah, so it just sort of comes and goes and kind of just put it down in the studio and that's what comes out and it's always you guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's ongoing. We don't have a, a strict formula to follow so we just yeah. try to catatonia is a genre <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh clay shaper on twitter asks or rather says catatonia is one of those remarkably good bands that age like fine wine while a lot of bands lose their edge over the years catatonia just keeps getting better i don't know how they do it honestly how do they keep improving their sound um, I think it all comes back to what we just talked about, you know, that we want to keep ourselves uh, on our feet, basically, and, and 
I think also within the band, we do listen to a lot of music. Uh, we get inspired by so many different genres. And, and once you start putting that in a big melting pot, you, you get a lot of ideas and stuff that it feels like it's it's almost for free. You don't have to really sit down and think hard about what's going to make you or your next song original because if, once you have a lot of stuff in your in your head you get inspired and i think that's you know some bands maybe lose that but we haven't done that yet oh that's fantastic are there any like um sort of underground bands in your area or anything that you sort of take inspiration from or any newer bands that have been coming out that have sort of inspired catania at all I do listen to a lot of, of metal stuff, but it's usually the stuff that I grew up listening to. And the more newer stuff, I, I get inspired from other genres and other types of music. So it's hard to say, but you know. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, God Almighty from Toilet of Hell on Twitter was very enthusiastic with this one. How much of the band has input on lyrical content and how hard is it to achieve lyrics that are equally cryptic and melancholic at the same time? Also, tell them I love them and have catatonia tattoos on my body and yes, I'm crazy. <laughs> That's great to hear. Um, it's usually me writing uh, most of the lyrics. Uh, the other guys uh, don't really, uh, they don't want to interfere with that, I think. Uh, Anders sometimes writes lyrics uh, and of course, you know, if they want to see the lyrics beforehand, uh, I'll show it to them. But I don't think they will doubt my ability to to put the right words in the right song, you know. And yeah. of course, it's hard to, um, uh, sometimes it's hard to, to write lyrics because you don't want to repeat yourself. But you, of course, want to, as, as God Almighty said, <laughs> uh, to, to keep, uh, you know, the abstract... Uh, the melancholic vibe because it's what suits our music so sometimes you have to think a little bit outside the box and sometimes it works and maybe sometimes it's it's not uh, working but you know yeah. i'm all for trying at least you know absolutely i'm sure yeah. the other guys are really busy all hiring their individual crafts as well <laughs> yeah you know yeah. if they want to really? if they want to write the lyric you know they can do that but so far it's it's not been the case really yeah um, Carl, Callan on Twitter wonders, why won't they play the song A Premonition live? Uh, we have played it uh, a few times, but it's not uh, in our regular kind of live set. Uh, ah, okay. You know, it's a song that doesn't really have a chorus. Uh, it's a very cool song. I love it, but uh, I'm not sure it's, it's, a, it's a live <laughs> banger, you yeah. know? Oh, there you uh, go. Yeah. Yeah. Freefolk217 from Reddit says, I'd love to know if Jonas and Bruce Sword are doing another record together. Yeah, we've been talking about it ever since we did the, the first album together, but so far we haven't really had the time. Uh, he's incredibly uh, busy with his stuff, and, and I'm, I'm really busy with mm. what I'm doing. But actually, right now, the, maybe the time is right to, uh, to give Mr. Sword a, a call because uh, he's probably... Just sitting at home, like, yeah. like I do at the moment. So I will actually look into that and see what we can do. Oh, that's great. Um, another similar one from Reddit from user High Tech vs Slow Life asked, 
Any chance of a Jonas solo electronic album, possibly in the vein of Vakaren? Uh, you know, it's struck my mind a few times to do that, but right now it's, it's, um, I mean, most of my, the music that I write is for Catatonia because Catatonia is the, the main thing, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't say no to, to the possibility to do one, uh, one day, uh, a solo thing, but right now it's, it's, uh, it's not on the horizon at the moment. Okay. Uh, with many bands offering online alternatives to concerts during the COVID-19 situation, uh, Black X Ranger on Reddit asked, would Catatonia be able to do a video concert? Yeah, we've been talking about it. It's, uh, you know, we don't have a, a, a full plan just yet, but uh, we probably will try something out, uh, you know, maybe later this month or, or next month. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's something that we talk about at least. That's uh, good to know. I think this is yeah. This is the last fan one. Uh, quick album review on Instagram. Ask about your band name. What does Catatonia mean? Catatonia is um, um, uh, some kind of uh, uh, mental uh, illness or a. a <laughs> it's a state of mind. I think uh, it's a medical thing. Uh, you can't really move. It's like you're in in a, a deep kind of apathy. Uh, it's a name that we took uh, back in '91, you know. But I, I think it's still suitable. It's uh, it's a pretty good name. It's better than we called uh, something much more yeah uh, death metal like. When now that we sound like we do, I think we yeah. were calling ourselves decomposed before. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm pretty glad that we we changed it yeah well catatonia has definitely survived the errors of uh metal yeah exactly a name. Yeah. yeah well thanks for answering all of their questions and again for being on the show no problem uh now we're going to listen to lacquer the third track on city burials what can you tell me about this track in particular um it's a bit of a different track it's more of the the electronic uh, stuff that we we were talking about and it's actually a song that i wrote it's the, the, the last song written for the album because I started writing it when we already had entered the studio and, and uh, I think we were done with the drums and everything. That's why it's uh, purely electronic. But uh, I thought that the idea that I had was uh, good enough to go on with. And so I completed the song while we were recording other stuff for, for the album. Ah, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, that's uh, a bit of a fun fact there. Well, I hope the fans will enjoy this, I'm sure, and um, they can look yeah. forward to the rest of the album on the 24th of April. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much for being on Noob Heavy Radio. I hope you have a good day. Yeah, thank you for having me. Cheers. All right, see ya. Yeah, see ya. Bye-bye. Circuits and the house we lived in, stricken with blight, finding ways to kill the pain. Let the river run 
Catatonia, that was a huge 
opportunity for me and uh, a huge like bucket list sort of thing to cross off my list as a metal promoter. Awesome. You know, I was very lucky to get the opportunity to speak to him. And um, it gives me a lot of high hopes for who I might be speaking to in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some pretty cool people coming around. Yeah. I don't think the people giving me these opportunities realize that I'm not anybody. As long as they don't catch on, we should be sweet. Keep getting them <laughs> Well, you know, th- there's one trick to becoming famous. You You convince a bunch of people that you're famous. Exactly. That's what PR and, is. That's what Hollywood is. That's what, you know. <laughs> and that's how you become famous. You send emails out to people that like look legit enough and you have a website that looks legit enough and you can like actually get a lot of places. It's pretty good. Yeah, but you know you have to have the content to back it up because I've seen plenty of websites that look really slick and you know right. the, Lazy uh, content. the text. Yeah, and then you listen and you go Jesus, <laughs> did they spend more than five minutes on this song? So, you know, you got it. You can you can back it up. This is a cool podcast, man. This yeah. is cool. And your you your promo, your PR works great. Now you got it going on, man. Well, thanks, Lisa. You have too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always see you posting videos of you like jamming it. with people and stuff. You're very collaborative. Yeah, you know, that's kind of how the blues scene is. I work with a lot of different people. And, I, you know, I'm looking forward to, we were looking forward, we had gigs in May with Splintered Throne. Mm. Because I I joined Splintered Throne as their singer. Oh, cool. And and we had a couple of gigs in May, and, of course, they're gone. So we haven't even been able to rehearse. But we've written like five songs for a new CD, so we're working on a new CD. So, you know. Eh. Oh, yeah. As long as there's yeah. going to be new stuff, it's all good. That's right. You'll so we can it. write remotely. Yeah. The, worst, the worst thing any band can do during this crisis is give up. Like, That's right. you got to just cut your losses with the gigs, and you just got to find some way to produce something. You know what I mean? Amen. Yeah. Amen. I, yeah, I'm really glad to hear that uh, Catatonia is doing a live concert. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the fan Q&A, uh, a fan asked him about doing live streams, and he said that he was talking to the band about it, but he wasn't sure. Yeah, so I'm glad that actually came to fruition now. So, yeah, in a week. There's some details on that on newheavy.com. If you go to News Heavy the new segment on my website, there's an article about it on there if you want to find the links. Yeah. All right, next we've got a phone call with Harbinger of Storms, a solo project by a man in Scotland called Shane. But he's not actually Scottish, he's American, but he lives in Scotland. And he plays, I describe it as gothic doom with like dark wave elements. It's kind of like Sisters of Mercy meets epic doom metal. And it's a lot of fun. Like it's it's like somber, but you can also dance to it. We talked a lot about uh, how he does his own artwork for his projects, and how his album is "Name Your Own Price" on Bandcamp, and the benefit and strategy involved in that. He talks about a new album coming up. He's got a couple of new albums coming up, but the next one is going to be a direct thematic sister or sequel to the current album jupiter 
So it's going to have similar artwork and similar themes. And then after that, he's going to branch out with paintings and different themes. And uh, the rest of it, we kind of just talked about different climates. Climates where he is, climates where I am. Kind of just bullshitted. Yeah, good. Yeah, I can't bring her a storm. I just, so I guess talking about climate suits them. Yeah. Well, you've got some crazy climates down there. I mean, you guys have storms. You guys have like frog storms and locust storms in uh, Australia. Uh, spider storms is what you're thinking of. Spider storms? We have, have spider rat- tornado ones. Spider tornado? No, no, I'm not even kidding. We had a spider tornado in this country at one point. This tornado ripped through this like forestry that was just like every tree had a shitload of spiders on it. And it just came out with all these spiders just spinning around in this little tornado. Okay. Should be a band name, Spider Tornado. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's listen to a call with Shane from Harbinger of Storm. Enjoy. What is your name and what is your project? Hi. Uh, this is uh, Shane Simler. And my project is Harbinger of Storms. And I just recently released an EP called Jupiter. And you can find that at darkphotonstudio.bandcamp.com. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that one. It's a really surprising little EP where you're not quite sure what to expect from it. How would you describe it yourself, like the style overall? Well, I was going for um, epic doom, epic doom metal, basically, with um, a little shot of uh, dark wave. Yeah, uh, that, that was do... the interesting part for me, was the Dark Wave. That really made it pop. Yeah, I, I like Dark Wave. Clan of Zymox is probably um, probably the my favorite. Yeah, I saw that uh, one of your influences was uh, Virgin Black, which oh, is yeah. like one of the most underrated Doom bands to come out of Australia. Like, I, can't, I don't know why I don't hear more people talking about Virgin Black all the time. I I don't know, actually. That's... I think they're just, I think because maybe they just didn't get enough um, promotion. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, play, I play the crap out of Somber Romantic. I love that album. It's so good. It's got such a variety of sound. And I've seen criticism because of that variety. And I was like, but that's what makes it good is because there's all this variety in the sound. You know, they, they, they dance through all the different the different kind of dark, you know, sounds. They they have doom. They have like industrial. They have uh, like epic orchestral stuff. Yeah, They're and they awesome. have they have a lot of control over the blending of all those elements too. So it's like it's never obnoxious or like it all sounds like it makes sense together, despite having so many different elements. And I think your EP is similar in that way, where it blends. Well, them. thanks. That's what I was trying for, because you, when you do over the top and melodramatic, you kind of have to be all in. You can't be afraid of it being silly. And and, the, and actually, to a certain extent, you have to accept that it can be a bit silly. Yeah, you know, the album uh, aesthetic caught my attention. Uh, you design, you do your own design and stuff. For yeah, your yeah, music. that's yeah. I'm I'm an artist. I I paint and stuff. That's a digital piece, but I do like real paintings. I'm going to do another EP 
and that's going to be sort of a companion to this, and then it'll probably be a digital cover too. But then after that, I'm I'm kind of going to move into doing more like actual real paintings, and I think the sound is going to go in a different, not a wildly different direction, but it's probably going to go more uh, a bit more uh, gothic and darker. Hell yeah! I I always love gothic elements being brought into any kind of genre. It doesn't matter, like black and gothic. It all, it always works for me. Yeah, with a shot of psychedelia too. So, are you going to continue that Greek theme with the uh, like the artwork and the next sort of themes of the uh, next EP as well? The next the EP, next... yes, it's going to be called uh, Talos, and it will. But the one after that is is not going to be in that vein. Okay, cool. I, I kind of been thinking of these ahead of time how I'm going to do this. That doesn't always work out because things change, but. Things you change. Influences mid process that, yeah, make you reassess things and stuff. Because you're a solo artist, so your process is obviously very different to a band who have like a bunch of people that can use their own resources to come together. Whereas you, you make your own resources and use them to yeah. make this music. So they had a um, sample drum sample from Judd Madden as well on there. Yeah, on his website, he made like he did like a whole bunch of samples of his drums, like individual, like uh, individual drums. And I liked how they sound. They sounded really raw and I'd been using different like samples to make my drums. And I didn't, I, I don't know. They just either sounded too clean or they didn't really go together properly. And these were just like perfect. They were all like all from a single set done in the same room. And they, I really liked how they sound. So and he said, use them for free. Yeah, Joe yeah, his, awesome. Yeah, he does some really cool uh, instrumental stuff. It's really heavy and slow. Like, it's like syrup. <laughs> it's so slow. It's really, really heavy stuff. Yeah, I interviewed him uh, last year, and all of his stuff is for free. And um, There's just so much of it. And he does his own art as well. So, like, it's another solo creator. It's, like, good. That's a cool sort of connection to have with your album between solo creators there. He's a fellow Australian. Where are you based? I am actually in Scotland, but I'm not from Scotland. I'm uh, I'm from uh, the U.S. Oh, okay. But I live in Scotland. Scotland has a lot of great metal. Hal Rippers from Scotland. Another solo project. Some good stuff. Do you know I'm, much about Australia? Uh, other than Virgin Black, well, I know there's probably and Chud Man. I know there's a lot of good, uh, there's a <laughs> lot of good bands, good bands that come from Australia. But other than that, and that everything's poisonous and trying to kill you in Australia, I don't really know much else. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. I don't know much about Scotland myself, but I imagine like lots of fresh air and like hills is that accurate yes yeah, it's, it's very hilly and wet but it's getting summer again so now it's uh it's getting light out earlier so or staying light later which is good oh that's good we've kind of stopped um we've canceled our seasons here we just put <laughs> yeah, them on <laughs> yeah we just you know queensland it'll just rain when it feels like it flood you know half the country will catch, catch on fire it's like doesn't really matter oh yeah that's terrible I, I was really sad to hear about all that 
that was that's horrible. Oh, it's old news now. It's the coronavirus. <laughs> coronavirus and fires. Yeah. No, we're still kicking out here. The feature Q&A on this episode is Catatonia. I really love their album, um, The Great Cold Distance. I listen to that a lot. It's, mm. It is so, it's so great. It's so perfect. Yeah, it's that's such a one. It's it. I I just played the hell out of it, and I love Soil's song and My Twin and July, are really standout ones for me. Yeah, that's a good album. Played the hell out of it. Yeah, you I can always heard, pick any album. Yeah, I heard them on a Gothic stream. It was um, you know, an internet stream, internet radio, and I heard it on there, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I went and sought it out, and yeah, it's great. I love it. So that's exactly what's going to happen here is people are going to hear the new single from Catatonia in here and they're going to go seek it out. So oh, it's awesome. all come full circle. The track that we're going to hear from your project, what's the name of the track? I, I don't know. What, what, what is the name of the track? <laughs> I don't know what you're going to play. I think it's the first track. We aren't sure what the album is going to be. And then about halfway through the track, it creeps in what's happening and you realize it and you're like, oh, damn, you know, what I mean? it has that groove. And I like that. So, oh, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll pick yeah. that track. Oh, cool. Yeah. The first one, that's uh, that's uh, Chilus. Chilus. Yeah. Yeah. And your album's Name Your Own Price as well, isn't it, on Bandcamp? Yeah. 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 I think that's the only one currently Name Your Own Price. The other ones are a um, dollar. But. I, I always, even when I see stuff name your own price, I try to pay at least a dollar. I don't always have lots of <laughs> lots of money to buy them, but I always try to pay it at least a dollar because. Yeah, exactly. I um, spend a lot of time promoting name your own price albums because people do like spend money on it. Yeah, and um, often it's better to be able to have the consumer place a value on the item then create one because then they might go yeah. higher than that or below that you know like and everyone can access it then yeah i always get disappointed when i see an album that's like you know ten dollars fifteen dollars it's like uh, you know this back in the cd days people might have been willing to pay that but i don't know if i want to pay that even if i really i mean i have to really like something to get to, to pay that and yeah i've it, brought a lot of merch from name your own price pages as well. That's a good way to do it is have the free digital and then have your tapes and stuff on there, you know? Awesome. Well, thanks for calling in. Uh, now we're going to listen to Kalis. Is that how you pronounce Chilus. it? Chilus. 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 From the album Jupiter from Harboring Out of Storm.
What a great project that is. A one-man project, too. That's impressive. And even doing his own art, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, Shane Wilson. Looking forward to the new material. I can always appreciate... He says at some point in the phone call um, that even though it's like quite somber music and serious, he also accepts that on some level it's kind of goofy as well. Like you can never take yourself too seriously. And I think that kind of attitude going into that sort of project really created a good balance, that project, where it's not too serious and you can have fun with it, you can dance, and it's not trying too hard to fit into a specific category. No. Yeah. He's got a lot of different influences. It still sounds, uh, like you said, serious and, and doomy, but it's also melodramatic in a way. Yeah. And so that's just, yeah. I mean, that's what this whole episode is about, is about the melodrama. And uh, it's cool. It's yeah, very metal, cool. Metal has always been about the theatrics, you know? That's like, right. That's what the- like all the black metal, the corpse pain, and all all those sort of things are about theatrics. So, oh yeah, got to got to lean oh, into yeah. that, you know. Yeah, but he's also what's great about his music is he's not just relying on uh, being over the top in any way. He can just be really just heavy and fuzzy, you know, and real like that basic old Black Sabbath kind of groove thing, and and. Uh, yeah, he'll yeah. let the uh, synth ride, you know, he'll be like, dun, dun. he'll take his time or something sometimes, he's not, you know, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm digging it. All right, well, we're reaching the end of the show now, it's been pretty cool so far. Yeah. Got one, got one last call to do, Religious Observance, um, before that, I think I'm going to do some more plugs, why not, it's my podcast. Um, so we talked about Patreon earlier. That's patreon.com slash noobheavy. It's that easy to remember. I've said it to you now, and I now that you know it, everyone knows it. It's up to you what you do with that knowledge, but I don't think you're going to forget it. It's really easy. Patreon.com slash noobheavy. Other than that, we've got regular promotions on the site. If you're in a band and you want to submit your album or some kind of news coverage, just go to my website, noobheavy.com. Go to the submission policy page. Find the email, follow the instructions, and that way is guaranteed to go into the promo pool for my team. And if you want to give out any Bandcamp codes, get in touch with me. I'm always using my platforms to give out Bandcamp codes for bands. Do you have anything other than... (laughs) Just do do it. (laughs) Yeah, just do it. Do all the things I said. Um, do what he says do what he says do you have anything um outside of white crone you want to plug you do facebook live streams quite a lot don't you yeah you know i'm still my main gig i mean covid definitely shut down all my gigs but mostly i work as a blues contemporary blues artist and i play original music and some classic stuff from like B.B. King and Jimmy Reed, Netta James and stuff like that. So I, I got a Facebook page, Lisa Man Music. I got a band page, Lisa Man Blues. That's Lisa M-A-N-N Blues. And uh, yeah, like every Tuesday at 2 o'clock, which is like, I don't know, a million o'clock or something for you in Australia. 
But <laughs> every Tuesday I've been doing a live stream and I did something with Can't Stop the Blues, which is an international thing. I also did something with Blues Radio International. Man, they had a they had a guy playing slide from Japan, and they have people from. Oh yeah. They had somebody from like Croatia, people from all over the world. That's what's really great about modern technology. We're able to do that, and uh, I'm also I joined a band called Splintered Throne, that uh, they lost their singer, and I jumped in last year and we started rehearsing and getting ready for some shows but the shows have sadly been canceled so now we're doing zoom meetings and exchanging files on dropbox and writing a new cd and we're about ooh, we're about a third of the way there we're really making progress so the that's show must awesome. go on that's it perseverance evolution will favor those who persevere that's right and necessity is the mother of invention. We're all finding our ways to, to move forward. How good are the mothers of invention, though? The mothers of invention. <laughs> yeah, Frank Zappa's bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, that, well, well, they were scared. What was that album? <laughs> I can't remember that album. Um, oh, what was it called? The one that had the brain police on it, Help Them a Rock. Like, just you know, classic. I'm... I'm not a big Zappa head. I worked with a guitar player who was, man, that guy was a brilliant guitar player. But I know he he was he he tortured his band. He was hardcore on his band. He was like James Brown. Don't screw up or I'll dock you. Huh. Play one bad note. That's fifty bucks out of your pocket. Jeez. <laughs> Tight ship. That's right. All right, well, we'll get on to the last call for the episode, which will end the episode. This calls with Australian sludge noise band Religious Observance. After the call, we'll be premiering a brand new track that just came out called Office Politics. Uh, this is an interesting track. It's nine minutes long. And uh, they're just a unique band that... It's a huge collaboration between members from other projects, like uh, noise rock bands and sludge bands in Australia. I love their names. Yeah, religious. The, oh, the band members' names. Yeah, we talked about that as well. Yeah. yeah, we did talk about that in the thing. Uh, Filth Bucket, Waniac, Gooch, Lucifer, The Void, and X. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I always enjoy, I think every episode I'm going to try and get an Australian band on, just That's so awesome. I have that comfort zone of um, talking to somebody who comes from like the same perspective as me. It's mm -hmm. You'll find it's a much more comfortable, more relaxed conversation when, it, when it's me talking to another Australian. They are a fun band. I like, I like the album cover too. Yeah, they kind of have this... Um, DIY aesthetic and uh, that you kind of see in a lot of grindcore and stuff like that. Yeah, so this is the last call, last song, and then I'll see you in the next episode, which is going to be a mathcore episode. I've got a phone call with Michael and DJ Scully, who are the drummer and bassist for the number 12 Looks Like You, which is one of my favorite mathcore bands of all times. I'm stoked to get them to talk to those guys. And I'll also have calls from the Motion Mosaic 
and the Carlos Dale boys and Seek Nothing on the show as well. So it's going to be a lot of mathcore and metalcore. It's going to be awesome. If you're a metalhead and you're kind of opposed to mathcore and metalcore, just listen anyway. I'll change your mind. These bands are amazing. Incredible musicians. Heavier music than so much metal that's out right now. It's just like balls to the wall heavy. And they don't rely so much on like antics like Degent or any of the kind of cringy stuff. They like use elements of like avant-garde and jazz to make it pop. You know what I mean? Nice. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much for joining me on this episode, Lisa. I look forward to talking to you more on future episodes. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Now we're going to listen to the phone call. See you all next week. All right. Um, my name's John. Um, I'm a member of the Melbourne Doom Metal Band Religious Observance. Oh, hell yeah. I know you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Glad you called in. Yep. Cool. Glad to be here. Yeah, I was a big fan of the uh, Out of Discomfort tape. Ah, lovely. Lovely. Yeah, no, we, we, were, we were going to go into the studio uh, up very recently uh, to record album number three, but unfortunately the plague got in the way, and so that's that's going to have to be happening later on this year when all this lockdown business um winds up which maybe uh last thing i was like september october maybe but god knows really unfortunate it's affecting pretty much everyone i've called at this point <laughs> like no bands left untouched by the uh by the plague yeah no it's it's strange having something that's just like it affects like absolutely the entire world like all at once it's just i mean china's starting to get back to it but yeah like it's everything's stopping it's it's bizarre how would you describe your music just to people who don't know you? Well, uh, well, the, the band kind of started out of uh, two bands originally. Uh, there was myself and my friend Wayne who were in a, uh, a sort of a harsh noise group called uh, Colostomy Baguette, uh, which is still going. And, uh, there, and then there was uh, uh, friends of ours who were in a sludge metal band called She Beast who are, um, haven't been active for a little while yet, but um, the... And so the, the five of us sort of got together because we were wanting to wanting to combine like the kind of kind of like dirty heavy doom like slide trips like referring to stuff like uh, corrupted and uh, white horse I guess uh, 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 with the kind of like harsher kind of noise element there so so I continued to do what I did in the uh, the noise group in this where I just uh, do we adding an extra layer of like uh feedback and distortion and uh it, sort of kind of the way that keyboardists um, operate in a bunch of other metal bands but i don't use keyboards i sort of like have contact microphones on metal objects uh and running through far too many pedals there's a bunch of sound mixes doing like various different kinds of feedback and so nothing i do is like uh, occasionally I play something that's roughly approximating a note, but it's not that. But um, yeah, behind all that is this very kind of slow, heavy uh, sort of uh, 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 sludge doom metal that, um, yeah, Whitehorse is probably like one of the better comparisons to us because uh, it's simply because they, they have the noise noise element as well. Uh, Space Bong, who are no longer around, unfortunately, from Adelaide, are also a good point of reference because of that, that combination, just that they just 
big heavy riffs and and lots of like um overdriven noise like finding a way through all the gaps in the in the frequency spectrum that isn't taken up by everything else yeah it's kind of like a um very outsider kind of sound like you kind of have to have an appreciation for that sort of part of the music world a lot of people don't really understand it yeah look there's definitely a bit of that i've uh, i've i've had to i mean being being a noise musician myself I, i'm constantly having to like well not constantly it's, it's not not really a problem but i'm i'm aware that if i'm uh if i'm performing in front of an audience or if i'm especially probably mainly when i'm when i'm engaging with a sound mixer i have to really well, for one, tell them, try and reassure them as much that I'm not going to like suddenly spike in my volume and going to make things explode or something. Um, but also just trying to like whittle it all back and explaining this is this is kind of what I uh, this is what I'm doing. Uh, basically, I've got to send you a very, you know, the signal will be capped at this level and have me up the same level as the guitars. Um, and it, look, it's, it's it's probably, I think, if anything, uh uh, a, a more accessible um, way for people to engage with that kind of like noise music because a lot of it is um, with good reason. Like a lot of stuff, uh, the more well-known stuff, even like like Mersbow and all that is. It takes a lot of time to kind of just uh, for for it to click, I guess. Like, and it doesn't mean to say to sound like necessarily kind of I don't know elitist or anything like that. Like, it took me a long time to just go. Oh, okay, and, and finally get in the right groove to like, okay, this is this is a way I can appreciate this, and it's perfectly reasonable. But a lot of people won't because it's not musical; it's deliberately eternal. It's made to make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, uh, but yeah. yeah, in the in the with religious observance, because we got we got this uh, the the hooky like uh, kind of elements in the riffs even when the riffs aren't particularly hooky when they're pre pretty punishing it's still it gives someone something to focus on so what i'm kind of doing like the way i sort of describe it sometimes is like like sound sculpture so it's sort of like creating like a bit of a backdrop for it sometimes and um occasionally punctuating through but i'm, I'm more or less just reinforcing the kind of uh, the overall sound of what what's going on there there's uh, what's your latest release that you've got out? Well, our latest release is a um, we put out just this one track. It was it's, it's kind of still slotted to be be on a release down the track, but uh, but but that's had to be postponed for a range of reasons, not least you know the the plague situation and everything. But um, but uh, a few other factors we've had to put it off. So we thought, okay, in the meanwhile, we'll just we'll get this track out there. And this is. Um, uh, one that was a track uh, called Office Politics that was recorded back around the same time as our second album, Other Discomfort, which we got like nearly 80 minutes of material recorded then. And half of that went towards Other Discomfort, or a bit over half. And then the rest of it has been set aside for like singles or or seven inches and so forth. And there's like one more track remaining, but this is the latest one. We're just like, right, like we, we want to get it out there. And um, so that only only got released i think within the last week i think that that rings spelled lost track of time a bit but um yeah so that's that's the latest one that we got out at the moment cool that's the one we're going to hear at the end yes. of the, the conversation awesome yes that's the one yeah in melbourne how's the uh, metal scene down there um i'm look, in brisbane myself yeah no it, it well yeah it is like, like we're we're in brisbane actually look, 
uh, a couple of years ago for uh, Total Attack, which is which is great. So that's like for a lot of us, it's like our ideal is playing playing metal at, at punk gigs, and so it, it, it's just I, I I think it's just um. I know there's a bit of unfortunate conservatism that's just there in a lot of metal communities that you don't that uh that, that you don't get quite so much within punk communities. And a lot of people in punk communities tend to listen to metal as well. So we do uh, hard we do a lot of the time end up playing with like hardcore and grindcore bands uh, as well, and and we really like mixed bills. So um I think I think the scene out here is is going is going pretty well. The, the the part that we play in, like to, like specifically playing like sludge doom metal, is is particularly niche, and there there are definitely different pockets that don't overlap quite so much. Like I can't remember the last time we played a show with a black metal band, for example, and that that's a genre I love, but we've just not done a lot of overlapping there. Yeah, you, you're um, online a fair bit uh, on the uh, Instagram. Mm. You've sent me repeatedly an emoji <laughs> that I don't quite understand what it is and what it means. What is this? Okay. Emoji? Uh, uh, okay. Hey, I, I'm just trying to think what it is because it's not it manages the Instagram in the band. Uh, <laughs> my guitar is so. It's uh, it unsettles I'll, me. I'll have to quiz him about that afterwards. Oh, <laughs> he um. I know it's like a it's I'm like a Lego to... man. It's like a little Lego boy in like a submissive sort of position with like exclamation sort of tear things coming out. <laughs> I don't know. It's a strange one. No, no, no. It sounds it sounds kind of like the kind of kind of thing that usually goes back and forth within the band chat. Really, that that space is just um I don't know. Just the 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 weird sort of like tangents and just like bizarre in jokes that we get coming up in there are just like. I don't know. It just—it's kind of reflective of a bit, of like what we're what we're like when we're when we're around together. We all sort of, you know, devolve to the age of twelve, um, which is, which I'm fine with. Yeah, and you guys always have a sense of humor. It seems like uh, even with your names, the names of the members. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Are you are you X? I am X. Yes, like I I, I, I mean I'm a, yeah I'm X, and there's and Wayne is just Wayneyak, and the others are a little bit. Less direct, yeah. but you know, uh, the void. Thanks on bass. Yes. Uh, Gnome Lord on drums. Uh, Gooch on guitar, mm. and Filth Bucket on guitar. For the uh, yeah, red, yeah, yeah no, Filth Bucket's also <laughs> guitars. And uh, though we've Gnome Lord who left us last year. Uh, the drummer that Lucy Fur is is one of the um. Uh, is is the the latest member, and uh, I'm just particularly fond of her uh, the, the pun she used, which um, I think other people had cho- chosen that. Like obviously, like a play on, play on the name Lucifer, but I think she she put an umlaut over it, which is you know the good thing of like okay, well <laughs> somebody else has chosen this. It's like okay, did they use an umlaut? And like no, it's like well there we're putting one in there, and that's our that's our stamp of originality. Yeah, that's how you do it. Mm. Yep. Being like a sludge sort of noisy band, uh, you worked with Jason Fuller on that, on Utter Discomfort, and he's mm-hmm. worked with an insane amount of very abrasive bands like Carcinoid, Blunt Shovel, King Parrot, yep. Lucifungus. Most recently, he worked on one of my favorite new bands, um, Abu Ghraib. Oh, uh, yes. Um, great band. Yeah, oh, they're great guys. 
so Jason Fuller, his recording and mixing style is obviously he's used to working with a lot of very harsh sounds and did that come together really well with your sort of idea for the album look it did it was it was a very different way that we recorded with uh like previously with our first album uh boiling excrement that was for back recorded back around 2016 with uh max ducker who's uh at his background was more in a noise rock band so it was interesting he the noise element he was really he was uh had a lot of as a sound mixer as well so he's used to a whole range of things but he he was used to like that 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 harsh noise thing and he he got that really well and the but but he he wasn't um recording like just straight up heavy bands probably thought something he had he hadn't done quite as much but, but he just nailed that particular one but with this one we because the the lineup had changed a bit between the first and second in that our we changed bass players, but we also added an extra guitar. And it, it was we, we, interesting for me going in there because um, being really into noise and my, my experience of when we perform and when we rehearse is there's a lot of frequency blurring. But then uh, Jason's sort of very, very good at like this beat getting very clear, uh, solid signals from from everybody involved. And because and I think it, if, for him, it was, a, I think, a little bit of a learning curve in some ways. I think he's also a very different person to uh, the person who recorded our first album to Max because um, I think with Jason is just he's very uh, he's very directing and he know he knows what he's after and if and if you respond to something that the uh, direction that he's gone in uh, you also need to be very direct as well. Are you are you a fan of Catatonia? I am a fan of Catatonia actually. I'm uh, just trying to think what was the. Uh, Brave Murder Day was an album that I just mainlined. I mean, for a long time. I mean, I know that their their current particular like depressive rock sounds um, quite different from that. Uh, but the, one of my side projects is a DS rock band, and so I refer to that kind of mood an awful lot. And I caught them when they were here touring with Opeth a few years ago, which was which big great dream come true for me. Yeah, but Opeth they're amazing. I've seen them a few times. Mm-hmm. Every time they put on like the, their top of their game show. Oh, their the musicianship's just like phenomenally high. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now we're gonna play a track. So have a good one, mate. You too. Cheers. Cheers. Stabbing me! Agony! 